I'm Jennifer Delacuadri, and this is the Raising Happy Teens podcast, where you learn how to successfully guide your teenager into adulthood without losing your sanity in the process. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be sharing part two of my story. The last episode, I shared the things that led me to coaching up until I found my place as a teacher. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I recommend you go back and check it out. So like I said in the last episode, I just loved being a teacher. And one of the things I really loved about the job, aside from the students, was that it allowed me to work part-time after having kids. And as parents, I'm sure you all know, that my world truly shifted when I had kids. And I always wanted kids. I always wanted to be a mom. And the moment I found out I was pregnant, my anxiety really started to ramp up. And the first trimester for me was scary because I had had a miscarriage in the past. So I was constantly worrying about how my baby was doing. And throughout that first trimester, it was a lot of ups and downs. Eventually I relaxed and really enjoyed being pregnant. But when my daughter was born, the anxiety really started back up again. And like I said before, I had always struggled with anxiety. It never was debilitating for me, but it was definitely something that impeded in, you know, my everyday happiness. I would get really anxious on Sunday nights before work and, you know, just kind of feel a little bit keyed up. But when I had a baby, I was anxious. I felt like all of the time. And I knew what she would need before she would even be able to express it as a baby. And that's where the codependency really started to pick up for me. I didn't even know that that's what it was at the time. I thought I was just being a conscientious and aware mother. But really, it was stressful for me because I felt like it was all on me to take care of her every need. And I it was a lot of pressure and that's where that anxiety really started to to pick up for me as a mother and to top it off she was equally attached to me i remember one time when i went to the doctor with her as like a four-month checkup and the doctor held her and she was like reaching for me and crying for me and he said wow i don't usually see this type of behavior in a four-month-old i usually see this in six month old right like the attachment to mom and usually at four month old they're just still kind of like baby and they're okay with anyone holding them but not my daughter (laughs) she had always been the one who would be looking for me when somebody else was holding her or cry when somebody else held her and that just really added to my anxiety because i felt guilty if i wasn't there for her like all of the time i'd be like oh my gosh she thinks i abandoned her and it was like really a lot for me to carry. So that continued on. And, and then I had my second daughter, the anxiety continued, but this is when I found exercise as a stress reliever. It was really such a life shifting realization for me that I could get out this anxiety and the stress through exercise. And it helped me lose the baby weight, which of course, like I mentioned in my last podcast, body image was a big thing for me. And I always felt like the fat girl 
And so after I had my babies, it all just kind of came back like, oh gosh, you know, is this my new body? So I really started to focus on eating healthy and exercising. And I also found yoga, great stress reliever. So I was doing yoga before yoga was like on every street corner. <laughs> I um, started, I think I took my first class at a gym, but then I would find studios that were always very quirky. I lived in Encinitas at the time and there's a very strong yoga culture there, but it was a little more spiritual than the mainstream yoga studios are now. And I learned a lot about stress relief and meditation and a lot of the skills that I bring into my coaching now, how to remain calm under stress. And that is through the movements, right? Because when you're in an uncomfortable position, your body is an uncomfortable position in yoga. You have to continue to maintain a calm and steady breath. And so when you're in your real life, like outside of the yoga studio, and something stressful happens, you're already trained, your body is already trained how to breathe. And so I learned how to breathe in yoga and uh, it changed my ability to handle stress outside of life, outside of life, outside of the yoga studio. So that's also something I bring into my coaching as well. And the thing that really changed everything for me, and I know having, like I said, having kids changed everything for me, but the thing that really started to propel me into finding my career as a coach was my oldest daughter's anxiety. So like I said, she'd always been very attached, but it really started to spike when she was in third grade. She was eight years old and it just started to impede her ability to enjoy her life. Like she would go to school, but there was just this underlying level of anxiety about everything and being nervous about everything. And from the outside, maybe you wouldn't be able to tell, but she would have a few things that would make her feel extra panicky, um, some phobias and things like that. And we started to look into outside help for her. So we went to go see a therapist. She saw a therapist and we tried hypnotherapy. They were both great, but they didn't really make a difference a big difference. It was just more understanding the anxiety and having some tools, which was great, but it didn't really go away. And that's because what was really at the core of her anxiety was OCD. And we didn't really find this out until she was 14, because my idea of OCD was like somebody who washes their hands 5,000 times a day or checks the locks 5,000 times a day her OCD was all inside of her head. And so none of us really realized that that's what was going on. And it was just repetitive thoughts and worry about things happening and rituals in her head that was causing the anxiety. So when she was 14, at this point, her anxiety started to lead to depression and to the point where we needed to have her hospitalized for her safety. And she had two hospitalization and inpatient experiences in the span of two months. And as difficult as these experiences were, it was also a gift because it forced me to just let go of the control and just ride the roller coaster. Because up until this point, I was putting all the pressure on myself to fix it 
and to make it better and that there's something I can do. But when you have someone in your life who is struggling with mental health, you just have to be there to support them. You have to be ready and willing to know that things can change and there's nothing you can do about it. So I got on the roller coaster and I said, all right, let's do it. Let's just ride this wave. It's hard. It's frustrating. There was a lot of anger, sadness, all of those feelings, and they're very heavy. But the thing that makes it harder is pushing against it, pushing against it and or pushing it out. And so I learned there to process the feelings, to let the sadness come, to let it all come and feel it all. And that learning that was a true gift for me. So going through this experience with my daughter, it really gave me the courage to make life changing decisions. So I left teaching and my family and I moved 2000 miles away and completely changed the way we lived. And it wasn't just because of this experience with my daughter. It was something a long time coming, but the experience with my daughter really made me realize that, hey, we have this one life. I want to live the life the way I want to live it. I want to make sure that my kids are living in a place where I feel like their mental health is supported and the stress levels are not as big as they were where we were living. And I also wanted to have flexibility in my schedule outside of the teaching schedule and teaching itself was becoming really stressful at that point. It was 2019. And if you're a teacher, then you know, things really started to shift. And this was before the pandemic, obviously. So I was just done teaching. I was done with the, with everything that it was offering. Of course, not the kids, but uh, that's when I decided to go and get my certification as a life coach. And also I want, I knew at this point, that I wanted to help teens and their parents because there's no more powerless feeling than when you see your child struggling and feel helpless to do anything about it. So through this experience with my daughter and my background in psychology, the yoga and teaching, along with my coach certification, I now had all I needed to start coaching teenagers and their families. So while this was all happening, we continued to search for ways to help my daughter who was still battling anxiety, depression, and OCD. She spent some time in a residential treatment program that was in another state, and it was 2020, so we weren't allowed to see her in person, which was heartbreaking. But at this point, I realized and I noticed the codependency. I recognized it, and I said, this is something that isn't supporting me or her. And I started to work on that with a therapist and start breaking myself away from that attachment, that unhealthy attachment. And that's really changed our relationship to be more healthy and less dependent on each other. So her being away allowed me the space to figure that out, recognize it, and start to make shifts in the way I, I parent her and my relationship with her. So. Also, on it, in addition to being in the residential program, she spent a few months in a partial hospitalization in this program in another state. So my husband and I took turns living in Wisconsin with her while the other stayed at home with my younger daughter. And now on to my younger daughter. 
So while this was all happening with my older daughter, my younger daughter was also having challenges of her own. And we were splitting our attention between the two. But of course, when you have one child who is in a residential program and is having suicidal ideation, there's a really heavy focus there. But at the same time, my younger daughter was missing a lot of school. She was having stomach issues and we thought it was a dietary thing. We started working on that. And um, it was a thing to the point where we had some meetings set up with her teachers to figure out what to do about her attendance at school. Then the pandemic came <laughs> and the whole attendance thing was no longer a problem because she wasn't in school. <laughs> it was all online and, you know, the roller coaster of all of that, it became less of an issue. And so we just kind of put it on the back burner, you know, and supported her. We got her a therapist, of course, just because of the all the crazy that was going on. And um, but then when school started up again, the absences continued. And we didn't know what was going on. And she urged us to look into having her tested. And so we first had her tested for ADHD. And the person who tested her said, no, she doesn't qualify. She's depressed. And so, you know, we continued to have her go to therapy. But she knew all along, it's not depression. There's something else going on. And she urged us to have her be tested for autism spectrum disorder. And I was like, I don't think that's what it is, but of course we can rule it out. Had her tested and sure enough, she got her diagnosis, autism spectrum disorder. And we were relieved to get this because it was an answer. And it really answered a lot of the questions that we had had about the challenge that she had had, not just missing school, but the high levels of anxiety and the sensory things that we didn't really realize were sensory things. We thought it was just quirky or sensitive or whatever, but really it was autism spectrum disorder. She was relieved, we were relieved, and it allowed us to get her an IEP and special services at school. So it was wonderful to have that diagnosis. And I like to say that parenting my girls is really the best training I could possibly have had as a coach. All of the degrees and certifications, they were great, but nothing can give you an understanding of the emotional roller coaster some parents and teens are facing like real life experience. And this is why I can hold space for teenagers and parents who are experiencing all kinds of emotions. And this is why I'm so passionate about helping them build a better bond with one another while sim simultaneously really finding happiness in their own lives. Because I've been through that and I know what it's like and I know what works. So my experiences have taught me how to help someone feel more confident because I know what it's like to have low self-esteem. I know what it's like to feel fat, ugly, and not smart enough. I know what it's like to feel anxious, depressed, angry, and helpless. And I know what it's like to parent a teenager who is struggling. I know what it's like to have a neurodivergent child. And I know what it's like to have a teenager with mental health challenges. And this is why I'm so passionate about what I do. Because I've been there. And I know how hard it can be. And to be able to provide a support for someone else that I would have loved to have had when I was going through all of these ups and downs that is truly my purpose. That is why I love what I do. So thank you for listening to my story. 
I really appreciate you supporting me. Find me on Instagram, jennifer.delaquadri. I would love to connect with you there. And always reach out. I'd love to hear your comments. I'd love to hear your how you relate to any of my story. And I'd love to hear your story too. Because hearing stories is how we really connect and learn about each other. So thanks for tuning in, and I will see you next time. If you liked this episode, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at jennifer.delaquadri, where you'll find more tips, inspiration, and connection to help you navigate this unique and sometimes challenging season of parenthood. I'll see you there.